this is Claire at the Claire Standard on Instagram and my website www.clairestandard.com. I am a coach, speaker and activist working in the space of women and girls rights and this takes me through a whole load of topics that might interest you if you care about equality for women and girls. I hope you enjoy this episode and feel free to contact me claire at clairestandon.com or through any of my social media channels. I really look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to this episode of Divorcing Reality. Today I speak to Amber Sherelle who is a coach and mentor for mums who are hoping to take a bit more time for themselves and might be struggling to do that. So Amber is really knowledgeable about self-development, very resourceful person, and you'll hear a bit about what she's about and who she is as a person in this episode. We talk about why taking that time for yourself isn't selfish And why it actually is the biggest gift that you can give to those around you, especially your kids. We talk about some other really interesting stuff, including something called Thomas Jefferson Education, TJ Ed, which is a kind of way of modelling to your kids, something I'm very interested in. The behaviours and ways of living and thinking about the world that you would like them to take on. And we also talk about some more personal stuff like the epiphanies that led us both to the decision to divorce and leave our marriages. And so I hope that within this episode, you'll at the very least find two women talking about something that they're knowledgeable about and something that's interesting and that opens up your mind. And Amber will also talk about her group coaching, which begins on the 10th of January. Now that dates this a little bit, that's 10th of January 2022. No doubt if you look her up, and I will drop her details in the show notes, then you will find what she's currently up to that you could engage in, should you find what she says interesting and useful like I did. Hi Amber. Hey, I'm here. Good. Nice to see you here. Thank you so much for joining me. So Thank I have, have Amber, Amber Sherelle Moore with me. I hope I didn't get your name wrong. No, that's correct. <laughs> right. uh, and Amber is a mentor and coach helping mums who want to reclaim their right to take time for themselves. So something that I'm also really big on. So welcome, Amber. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Happy to be here, Claire. So, Amber, some stuff that we had a little chat about before. Well, number one, we, we have kids that are exactly the same age, right? Seven and five. I know. That's really bizarre. So, yeah, yeah. I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old little girl. Crazy. And um, so that means that before seven years ago, we were childless. Were you good at taking time for yourself then? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't have anyone else to think about, so... Um, it's really weird. I obviously didn't think about it back then, but I automatically took time for myself. Everything I did was essentially based on my own needs, desires, and emotions. And of course, I considered 
other people within my life um but there wasn't anybody that relied on me or needed me day in day out so it was completely different and I was living mm. at the time um so before just before I had my eldest son I was working as a dive guide on liverboard boats living my best life in the sun wow. um, in Egypt and just having a great time so yeah I was definitely self-prioritizing back then okay and so as a mentor and coach in this are you like most mentors and coaches that you've had your own journey with it with finding ways to take time for yourself oh absolutely that's putting it lightly Claire my own journey (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so the first 10 months of motherhood for me um was a complete swing from living a life where I'd literally created everything that I wanted and it was all about me um to being this person and you know how it is if you've got a child you become a person who's focused on this little tiny infant in those first few weeks who needs you to feed them to change them and everything else my my entire focus shifted Mm. and in those first 10 months I neglected myself horrendously and honestly I was just miserable I was the most (laughs) miserable person ever come across I love my baby I still do he's amazing and I loved becoming a mum but I wasn't even taking regular showers at one point or brushing my hair. It had gotten so bad um, because I just didn't have the time. And yeah, Mm. it, it, so essentially I, I did become quite depressed. Um, I felt overwhelmed. I felt incredibly tired. And even though at that point I was a stay at home mum, somehow I just felt constantly busy. Like I didn't even have time to take care of myself. Um, And so, yeah, I recognized at that point something had to change. No, and it all really started for me with self-awareness and becoming more more aware of myself um, and what I wasn't doing for myself and how neglectful I was being and how that was impacting me and my ability ability to parent calmly, really. Yeah, calmly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear you on that. <laughs> so when did it change? Um, there wasn't really like this pivotal moment. I think it changed over a period of a period of a sort of few weeks but there was just this one day where I was just sitting there and I was scrolling through Facebook as you do when there's not much else mm-hmm. going on um and I suddenly realized that I was just vicariously living my lives my life through other people on Facebook mm. thinking why why not me why am I not doing any of this stuff why do I not have time to put makeup on why am I not going anywhere why have I not got friends and I just realized that actually I complained to my husband I'd moaned that everyone else was too busy or all of these other things that I told myself were reasons that I couldn't go out and take care of myself and like I said I was living in Egypt so I couldn't speak Arabic at the time either Mm -hmm. so I felt really isolated I was like I can't get a taxi to go anywhere because I don't speak Arabic and I suddenly realized that actually I'm the one who's not doing any of these things I can make time to put makeup on and feel better about myself if I want to I can make time to do things that I enjoy and I've chosen not to so I just it was at that Mm. moment of realizing like what what am I doing how have I got to this point so it sounds to me like a shift towards kind of personal responsibility of what you were in control of absolutely and Mm -hmm. I yeah I'd put myself into a victim mentality I think at that point um not that I've been victimized by other people but I'd kind of got to that Mm. point where I was like yeah every everybody every oh woe me this is society's expectations you become a mum and you just don't have time to take care of yourself you don't have time for things that you enjoy 
you have to put your children that children first mm. um and all of those things that I kept telling myself and it was suddenly like this shift of going okay well actually the only person who can change how I feel right now and I was really low I mm. was crying almost daily um so to to take that shift of that responsibility and say my happiness is within my own control it's nobody else's I have complete power over this um and that that was sorry go sorry. on apologies <laughs> It's hard without the, the um, physical cues of seeing when, when you're finishing up. Did this change, I wonder, before you had your five-year-old? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So within, after that kind of realisation, it only took me, you know, a few days of kind of assessing myself and saying, I need, I need to do something about this. Otherwise, you know, I don't want my life to go on like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm. Um. So yeah, I, I, within about eight weeks, I had already started going out a lot more. I'd started creating boundaries around my time and the things mm-hmm. that I allowed myself to do. Um, I started dreaming. So I created vision boards of what did I want my life to look like now that I was a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so within eight weeks, I'd already started to take action on, I'd sort of clarified my big goals and the things right. that I wanted my life to look like and started taking action and putting those things into practice. And I went back over all of my personal development tools that had accumulated over the years before because I was a mm. massive personal development junkie um, and started just applying those things. Like I'd stopped using all of that stuff when I became a parent. It just kind of fallen by the wayside. So I just started applying all of that back to my life again. Mm. Um so definitely I can say within two months because by that point I'd even managed to move us out of the apartment that I hated into wow. a lovely villa um and yeah so within those eight weeks I'd already started to to reprioritize myself and make changes and feel happier generally. that's incredible I, I I didn't have any personal development tools when I became a mum like literally zero nothing I I had not engaged in the world of personal development at all and it made such a huge difference to me coming to that about uh four years ago now but by then Mm. I already had a two and a half year old and a nine month old baby um and you know I was learning all this stuff afresh and I think what I'm struck by is how incredibly supportive those tools can be when you're re-engaging with them rather than having to learn them <laughs> afresh <laughs> absolutely um yeah so I was introduced to personal development um back when I first left school actually and it was one of the, it was a sales job that I was doing and I was introduced to vision boarding and mm-hmm. um the law of attraction mm-hmm. and that kind of started me off on this path of like and being I think I was about 17 18 at that point yeah so I was quite impressionable and this idea that I could cure like have anything I wanted in life and that I could be this better person just ran with me so mm. I literally read self-development and um, personal self-help books and things went to conferences attended seminars all sorts of stuff Amazing. for a really long time and I just kind of absorbed it all yeah um and I was applying it back then but yeah Applying it the second time round as well with an as an adult and having had a lot more experience mm-hmm. was was eye opening for me as well. So I totally hear hear what you're saying about yeah, not learning not learning it just learning it for the first time and applying it. It's different to coming back and then re reapplying it and reapplying. using it once you know know how it works. 
And I think and also, one of the beautiful things here is that whether that you know people are in the position of you having maybe engaged with some of this stuff or a lot of this stuff in the past and kind of lost their way a little bit or you know to give people huge credit gone through an absolutely massive transition in life you know I one of the things that I'm always astounded by is that we don't have conversations about what a huge transition parenthood is you know to go from you know a lot of people are um quite childlike in the way that we approach our emotional engagements with other people and everything that we do really with not a lot of personal responsibility around it mm. and then we're expected to transition fully into adult and parent roles um mm. you know pretty well with with not a lot of support unless you sort of actively seek it out really absolutely and for, and for many parents they're not we're not always in a place where you can seek it out. So I've moved back home recently. I moved back to the UK in 2019 mm-hmm. and I'm now surrounded by family and I do get mm. additional support and help um, and input. Mm-hmm. Some of that's not always wanted, <laughs> granted. <laughs> um, but, you know, it does make a difference. When I was back in Egypt, I didn't have that family support and I didn't know anybody else that even had children. Mm. So... And you're a single parent now. I I am a single parent now, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons I came back to the UK. I did get divorced. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that was another major life transition. Right. But (laughs) without a doubt. And I'm not going to say it was easy by any means, but I Mm. think having had that realisation with my first child and knowing how important it was for me to self-prioritise and take care Mm. of myself, that really enabled me to one step up and leave my marriage because it was that toxic at the time and there Mm -hmm. was lots of reasons why I left but I stayed for a really long time right and recognizing that actually having that self-awareness that I was staying out of a sense of obligation and it wasn't good for anybody in that situation was really paramount to me making that decision to leave and then like I say, that transition wasn't easy, but because I'd been so used to building self-care habits into my day, mm-hmm. um, I was able to manage that emotionally, I think, better than I would have done had I not mm. been taking care of myself. And I don't think I would have been able to take care of the children in the same way or overcome it as quickly as I did yeah. um, if I'd neglected myself as I was doing before, if that makes sense. Mm. So I wonder how often that this is the case because certainly what you said really resonates for me in that there was this just real insight of into self-awareness really which was that I was staying in my marriage out of obligation um and I literally had this thought I've, I've sometimes written about this uh because the thought occurred to me like um I would rather at the moment, what I'm doing essentially is staying in a marriage so that people don't get a shock one Tuesday when they hear, you know, <laughs> that yeah. what they thought was a perfect marriage is wasn't and um, is over, you know. And I thought, God, am I going to sacrifice my whole life so that people don't get a shock one Tuesday morning? <laughs> and and I and I just thought to myself, like that's the definition of madness you know once I once that piece of self-awareness dropped in that that was literally what I was doing I was like oh I I I can't do that to myself you know I have to value myself more than that absolutely oh and I'm so glad you said that Claire because it 
it does come down to how much you value yourself how much are you worth like mm. so I actually had a conversation with a lady yesterday who she essentially said to me that she felt she she runs three businesses and she has three children mm-hmm. and she's a wife so she has a partner as well um she's married she's got a lot of responsibilities basically on her shoulders and she said but I chose this life so the fact that I don't take I don't have enough time to do things for myself and I don't have time to do self-care and I don't have hobbies um that's my own fault Mm. like I chose this so I just have to put up with it and I was like I'm so sad like my initial instincts was just I feel so sad because you are right you have chosen to run to run businesses and raise children have a family but that that doesn't mean that you don't matter Mm. it doesn't mean that your health and your emotional well-being isn't important Mm. and um we spoke also about it not being mutually exclusive you can Mm -hmm. have a business and you can have a family and run a household and look after children and take time for you Mm. so it's not it, it doesn't have to be one or the other you can absolutely do all three and it is just about creating those boundaries and managing your time and making those things a priority Mm. um and yeah so often we trap ourselves with that kind of thinking don't we that you know this is how it is or that there's this false kind of dichotomy between two things where we think we can either have well-being or great wealth or you know um a happy family or or a really good career and I am so encouraged by the number of women that are exploring what it looks like when you don't accept that. <laughs> you know, when you say, actually, I don't think it needs to be like that for me. And I certainly haven't, you know, reached perfection and don't ever really expect to, but in this exploration, but I'm certainly out there looking at the ways that I can have both everything everything that I want you know and it sounds to me like that's what you're helping your clients do as well absolutely and you know one of the great things about or one of the things that my clients often find or come around with that idea is that they do come come to me either my one-to-one so my one-to-one clients definitely come to me with often with a sense of um, I'm not worthy of spending time on um, my family has to come first I'm selfish mm-hmm. like and so many times I've heard you know I feel selfish if I buy myself a coat when the children want x y or z game for their xbox mm-hmm. um, or it, even that they want to go on a school trip and I'm always like you know obviously money does we do have to manage our money and I'm not saying you can just go out and splurge on yourself but it's about balancing up well actually you having a nice warm winter coat or Mm. suffering with your spring coat that's you Mm. know it just about does the job but you're not actually warm or comfortable in it is that more important than your child having another xbox game Mm -hmm. like it's about managing those expectations and sometimes when you put it to somebody like that they're like well actually yeah you know I do need to be that is a basic need to be warmed and clothed. Mm. And mm. it's and that's another thing, Claire, that I wanted to, to mention as well, because it is not just about the big things that we do for ourselves. It's not just about building our own businesses or chasing our dreams, moving into our dream houses or whatever. Mm. The bigger things in life, it is about our basic needs. <laughs> I don't can't yeah. count how many times I've not been to the toilet when mm. I actually needed to go 
because mm-hmm. the children needed something first. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's the kind of the, the the hierarchy of needs, you know. Yeah. And for me, this is where increased self-awareness is, you know, I mean, we, we talked about self-awareness before, and it seems to me that of all of the self-development tools that I now have and that you clearly have, yeah. the the first piece, the bit that needs to be in place is this ability to to be aware of what it is that's going on for you and then to kind of go through this process of you know being kind to yourself about it neither making excuses you know oh that's just how I am which a lot of people can kind of fall into that trap like I'm not gonna do something because I'm just the kind of person who doesn't like to do that well we can push ourselves beyond those boundaries you know but then also to allow ourselves um some self-compassion which can be hard to find when you realize that you've been say operating a kind in a kind of self-destructive pattern for a long time absolutely <laughs> and and self-awareness for me is that the trick of catching the moment as it comes in whether you're parenting at the time in a romantic relationship in your business in other friendships in familial relationships anywhere self-awareness is like that first key thing to have in place I think yeah I and I couldn't agree more with you Claire so actually um that's the, the very first thing we tackle with uh, or that I tackle with any of my one-to-one clients is first generating a self-awareness and it's it's not just about a self-awareness of where you are right now but it's also about how you feel where have you come from what mm. beliefs do you hold um that are underlying the actions that you currently take and are you taking actions that are in line with how you think or how you feel and this spans into all areas of your life it's not just about self-care mm. um but you know one of the the big things that I do is trying to help people pe- people feel happier in their everyday lives as they are without making big dramatic changes mm. um and part a big part of that is having awareness of what's really good in your life as well what are you doing well you know so when we say like speak about self-awareness we often get dragged into you know looking at limiting beliefs mm-hmm. um, and tackling like overcoming those mindset blocks but it is also about being aware of what do we do really well and how can we harness that how can we use that to the best of our advantage what things in our life are, you know having gratitude and awareness of the things that are really good for us right now is important as well to increasing our joy that we experience every day mm. um, so self-awareness is a foundation that allows us to make changes but yeah. it also allows us to to recognize where things are going well. Amazing. Um, and so I think yeah. that's really powerful as well. But yeah, that's absolutely the first starting point. Mm-hmm. Because and, until you've got that awareness, especially from a coaching perspective as well, mm-hmm. I don't know if you find this, Claire, but there's a difference between me going to having a conversation with somebody and telling them what to do mm. and them actioning it. Yeah. And doing that repetitively over and over again th- mm. through however many sessions it takes to get them to where they want to be or to helping them create the self-awareness and giving them the tools to do that for themselves. Um, yes, absolutely. For me, that is um, because I know you call yourself a mentor and coach. For me, yeah. 
with my definitions, and I'm not saying this is the ultimate definitions, <laughs> that would be the difference between mentoring and coaching. As a sure. uh, purely a coach myself, um, yeah. I, I, I really try um to stay away from giving any kind of explicit instruction because my coaching is about somebody finding you know their internal motivation to do what it is that they want you know really feel aligned with doing um and I totally also you know I've engaged with mentors because I want that kind of input too so it's not belittling mentoring it's just saying that um for me that's the difference between mentoring and coaching and of course you offer your clients both which is really valuable combination yeah and I can, like, as I say, I completely agree with giving people the tools to help them find that within themselves to, because it, it means that when, if, when they leave your coach, like when they leave your services or when they move mm-hmm. on from that, they're, they're going to have, they're going to be able to do that for themselves continually, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I always aim for. I do say, however, and the reason that I say that I mentor as well is because sometimes my clients might get a little bit stuck mm-hmm. um, and they do need an action point or they might have a very clear specific goal and we can keep going around and around and around in circles and I'm going to say, well, actually, how about we try this? Because mm. by me giving them that prompt, it's something that perhaps they haven't thought about before and maybe it's never mm-hmm. entered their minds because they've never been in this situation before. Yeah, um, it's a skill set they don't have or an action set they don't have absolutely yeah um so yeah so something else that we talked about when we had a brief chat before this is that and I was really fascinated in um was the way that you engaged with um a kind of leadership education called Thomas Jefferson education as you were I think uh, world schooling as I suppose it would have been or homeschooling your kids to begin yeah. with <laughs> Yeah, so I, because I'm a, a neurolinguistic programming practitioner, because I'm interested in modelling um, and also, you know, in those kind of leadership skills, I would just love to hear you talk about how that fed into your life and mindset and your kids and, and how it's going. Absolutely. So TJ Ed honestly was a massive turning point for me. Um, so that's Thomas Jefferson Education. Mm-hmm often shortened to TJ Ed for anyone who has no idea what I'm talking about. Um, So it falls under the umbrella of leadership education, which I think we mentioned earlier, Claire. Um, There is a slight difference with Thomas Jefferson education in terms of, so the the founders of that, um, who are Rachel DeMille and Oliver DeMille, I think her husband's name is, they created sort of a a seven key strategy um, so to speak, to leadership education for children, because often lead- leadership education is aimed at sort of teenagers and beyond. Okay. And um, what really interested me about TJ is, is it starts at those very foundation core early years. Mm. Um, and I discovered it. I always knew I wanted to homeschool. So when I was pregnant with my first, the very one of the very first things I did was look up different educational methods, and mm. I stumbled across TJ Ed and. I loved it because it was all about reading classic literature. Like that was the first thing I noticed about it. Mm. And essentially, without blabbering on for too long, the, the one of the core principles of, of TJ Ed is that you, if you want your child to do, be or become anything, then you first have to lead out and show them and do it yourself. Mm. So if you want them to be a lover of math, 
well, you need to kind of have that self-awareness. When was the last time you did any form of math in front of them and let them see that? When was the last time they saw you handling numbers or managing a spreadsheet or just being really enthusiastic about geometry um, and, and patterns? Or the same with literature, if you want them to be avid readers um, or you want them to enjoy learning well when do they get to see you enjoy learning how do that how do you model that and so this really kind of transposed this is kind of how I raised my children in the early days um, Mm -hmm. when we were homeschooling everything was self-led but it really got me thinking when I first read this all I thought was well hold on what other areas outside of the educational realm what other areas of my life am I not leading out in Mm. and that was again and I think I kind of had that realization around the same time as we were speaking earlier Claire about um when did that change for me when did I when did I stop neglecting Mm -hmm. myself Mm. um and it was yeah this realization kind of happened around the same time which how am I leading out what example am I setting to to my son by by not taking care of my own needs like I want my children to grow up knowing that their needs matter Mm. even when they're adults and they have their own families I want them to be advocating for themselves Mm. um and taking care of themselves so yeah Thomas Jefferson education and that leadership model is fantastic it sounds absolutely amazing and I definitely want to have a a closer look into that albeit that my kids are currently in um regular school yeah what I'm struck with is the synchronicities in some of the the thoughts that we had at the time at which we were deciding to change our lives and one of uh, the what you what you've just said there is so reminiscent because I remember sitting at my old kitchen table with um I think maybe my daughter was at nursery and my son was napping or something but I literally had this thought that you know if I was prepared to be in a very unhappy marriage then I was really showing my kids that sacrificing their happiness was an okay thing to do and it suddenly occurred to me that if in you know 30 years time I was to watch my daughter do the same thing then I would be totally heartbroken sure you know and absolutely yeah it's the other thing that also really strikes me about what you're saying is that I think when you engage in personal development or when someone engages in personal development what often happens is we think that we're working on one particular aspect of our life and it's like you stick a pin in it you know but what actually happens is when you're working at the level of self and changing up some of your core beliefs or values or you know your identity statements about who you are and what you're about in the world what is inevitable from that process is that things in other areas of your life that you hadn't necessarily intended to change also start to change because you're working on you at the level of you absolutely and so, yeah, yeah, I've completely agree with that. And even for myself, um, so I see that in my clients as well. We mm-hmm. they come with particular goals or um, something in mind that they want to achieve, and kind of as we go through, they start uncovering more areas. I had a conversation with a client last week who um, 
I obviously don't want to give any details, but she mm. she came to the realization that despite we're working towards the goal of her publishing her book, mm. um, she came to a realization that a lot of her discontentment and inability to focus on that came from a completely different area of her life. And all this time, she thought it was actually the stress of trying to get this book out there into the world. Mm. And it turned out that that had nothing, it, it wasn't connected. You know, the, the yeah. stress that she was experiencing was actually coming from another place and it was mm. filtering through mm-hmm. her ability to do that that task. And similarly with TJ Ed, just bringing it back to that, there's something mm. that they talk about repetitively, which is called rabbit trails. And that is essentially where you open up a project. So you might sit down to read a book with your child mm-hmm. and or yourself um, because again, TJ, it is about the adults' education as well. So mm-hmm. you might sit down to read a book, and if it's a personal development book, for instance, you might find something. I don't know. You might come across a quote in in one context, such mm-hmm. as if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. We've all heard this quote. Mm-hmm. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. Yeah. Right. Very common one. But depending on what context you've read that in. And the situation that you've currently got going on in your life, everybody who reads that quote is going to mean something different to them at that Mm -hmm. period of time. What what is it that you're doing over and over again? So personal development is amazing because it it just speaks to you in your situation at that time. And what you take from it, even if you're in a room of 300 people hearing Mm. exactly the same words, what you take from it is going to be completely different to what somebody else takes from it and what you learn and gain from it. So, and that's because we are meaning making machines. We make meaning of everything that we see, hear, and experience. Absolutely. So, it's a fascinating function of being human. And um, one of the reasons that, as coaches, of course, we have to kind of really be uh, astute and also get a lot of feedback from our clients about what it is that they're understanding from our work together and what it means to them, which Absolutely. can sometimes, I find, be really magical and somewhat unintended consequences <laughs> you know like really profound for them but not actually what you intended as a coach or you know <laughs> had your eye on <laughs> as an outcome I find well, I've, I've come across that so many times Claire yeah. absolutely and, it's, you kind of, and it's, it's nice because it's magical because you kind of go oh wow I didn't realize I was having that impact and although yeah. that wasn't what I intended I'm so glad you got got that from it like amazing yeah um, when people are ripe for change and they want something you know our huge intelligence is always online waiting for us to to do the work to get there and so it will grab every opportunity and sometimes that opportunity looks like a coach just kind of nudging you I think absolutely and and yeah and I think this is a really important thing to notice um or to note is that as mums that that is the very first step that we need to take if you are finding yourself like anybody who's listening to this Mm. if you find yourself nodding along and going yeah actually I don't find much time for self-care and I don't get to prioritize my needs or Mm. I do find myself putting other people first at my own detriment and my health or my emotional well-being is suffering as a result of that Mm -hmm. that's great like I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you reminiscing that. That's great mm. because going back to that self-awareness, that's the first step is is, rec- is that recognition. Just that, saying this is how it is. 
that this is how it is. Mm. And once you've got that recognition and that desire to change that, then absolutely, as Claire said, opportunities start to open up to you. You start mm. seeing ways in which you can do that. Um, and whether that be through having a coach to help you through that process or reaching out to some self-help books, whatever, whatever you just, whatever mm. way you decide to do that. And I, you know, if you're like me, um, you you really won't care how people do that. You just really want them to do it. Because I was, I pretty yeah. much have said in, you know, most posts that are marketing and stuff, you know, I don't care if you work with me, read a book, find a podcast. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I just want you to engage with this stuff because it has been so life changing and empowering for me. And exactly. there's so much of it out there. And and that's it. And it and that's exactly what I'm saying, Claire. It's like just once you've got that awareness, the world is your oyster because you now know that there's something that you, you want to do something about it. And there's information available to you mm-hmm. in so many different forms, in ways that will suit you best. So go out yeah. and make the most of it. Yeah. Take it, run with it. Amazing. So having said that, and knowing that you've got um small children needing your attention at some point in the afternoon school run Um, to do (laughs) um just let us know how people can work with you uh you know programs you're running whatever you're doing where we can connect with you um for mentoring or coaching um that people might be interested in brilliant thank you claire um so absolutely so for anybody who wants to get in touch with me, you can always email me directly. Um, I'll give my email to Claire. I think she's going to pop it in the description of this, but it's info at Um, You can also have a look at my Facebook page. And again, and I'll give all of these links to Claire um, or contact me directly via Facebook Messenger. It's completely up to you. So I do offer one-to-one coaching and launching a group coaching program that's actually starting on the 10th of January so it's not that far away and it's a start to a new year so you get to kick off your new year on the way in the way that you want it to go continue to go lost my words now amazing so if somebody's (laughs) like okay new year's resolution I am really gonna take care of myself this year because no doubt you know people have been enduring a lot in the last couple of years um we've all been through a sort of mass I I would call it a mass trauma you know (laughs) that we've all endured in our own different ways and if somebody is tuning into supporting themselves better figuring out what they need how they can do that how they can find time for that you are the woman to speak to absolutely 2022 is your year to feel happier um, and to make that a reality and to have that time for yourself because it is an absolute right you know you are mm. absolutely entitled to take time for yourself it's your human right your basic and I, needs and your desires I actually think counterintuitively that it helps us to support other people in our life when we have attended to our own needs first oh yeah we didn't get round to talking about that this time Claire (laughs) (laughs) I hope that we'll have future conversations because I just think it's fascinating and you're so knowledgeable and thank you so much for coming on my podcast oh no thank you very very much for having me Claire it's an absolute honor thank you so much it's been great take care bye bye so I hope that this has been a useful conversation for you, that there's been something in all of this that might have seemed relevant to you or interesting in some way. 
Perhaps it's opened up the horizons for you or given you something to think about in your own situation. Um, I will also be writing a blog about this over on my website, clairestandon.com. So you could hop on over there now and have a look at that if that's of interest to you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.